Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. I'm here with my husband, Mike Bobbitt. And Mike, you made me watch Sunset Boulevard. Made you or let you? (laughs) It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Gloria Swanson acts with her eyes and eyelashes so intensely. She's so great. She's so crazy looking, which is the point. Mm -hmm. Because she's also supposed to be like a silent film star. Right. Yeah, so it's funny that she just keeps acting, you know, like mm-hmm. she's in a silent film, just like so big and uh Yeah, literally everything she does is times 20. Yeah. So it's the story of Joe Gillis. He's a Hollywood writer. He hasn't written anything of note, really, and he's fallen on hard times. People have come to repossess his car He ends up running from them and he pulls into the driveway of this rundown mansion on Sunset Boulevard, where inside lives a has-been silent film star, Norma Desmond, along with her butler, Max. Mm -hmm. And And her deceased chimpanzee. Yeah, and her deceased chimpanzee. And she decides she's going to hire Joe Gillis. The ruse is to rewrite or edit the screenplay she's written because she wants to make a comeback yes uh it was written by billy wilder and charles brackett this was the last movie they wrote together they had a huge falling out over the montage near the end of norma desmond going through all the stuff to try to look young Mm -hmm. and uh they both said we'd never work with each other again and they never did after having very long partnership, and it's directed by Billy Wilder, uh-huh. who you know did Stalag Seventeen, Some Like It Hot, uh, The Apartment is a great Jack Lemmon movie of his. Yeah, like Billy Wilder, he did this. Uh, he did Sabrina as well. He did this because he made so many different genre pictures that he just wanted to make a movie that defied genres because it's sort of a noir. It's sort of a black comedy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of things. It's a love story kind of. Sort of, yeah. Oh. Here's the thing about this movie is it does one of the things that I absolutely love, which is it does not have a Hollywood ending. No, um, not at all. 
because the and and there are opportunities for it to turn out just fine mm-hmm. um you know you th- you think it's being set up for joe and um betty to run away together and and well, that is not what happens l- let me ask you about that because the it starts with joe dead in the pool mm-hmm. so when you were thinking that might be the ending what did you think about the opening shot? Did you think it was someone else? Did you forget about it? Or I thought it was going to be like a trick. Oh, okay. One of those trick things where they're like, except that didn't happen. You know, yeah. kind of one of those. Because I already thought the movie was really clever. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe they will go off together. And that whole pool scene is just what could have happened or, you know, something right. like that. But yeah, no, like. He goes, and he's not even, so he goes to leave her, and he's not even leaving her for someone else. He's just like, I can't just be your kept man anymore, so I'm just going to go home to Ohio or whatever. I think he basically is like, I just don't want to be a has-been in this house with you. Like, right. I, we, we don't need two of us to be a has-been in this house. And so he's like, I'm just going to, instead of pretending that everything's fine, I'm going to just go home. And as he's walking out, she's like, the fuck you are, and shoots him in the back. Yeah, twice in the back Twice once in the in back, the and then he turns around and she shoots him in the gut. Yeah. What? That is some cold shit. It and then really she's like, is. And then she just goes upstairs and starts getting ready. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, it's time. It has so many great reveals, like Max, who's this put upon, but eternally devoted butler. You not only find out near the end that he is her first husband. He's her first husband. But also he directed her in all the silent pictures. Mm -hmm. Like he was he was an up and coming director. He was like a famous director. But instead, he was like. I'm going to give all that up and just be with Norma. Yeah. This was uh, nominated for like 20 Oscars. It won uh, Best Screenplay, mm -hmm. which is so sad that Brackett and Wilder could never work together again. Yeah, they could never work together again. Best Art Direction, Best Music, and then so many nominations like Nancy Olsen, who played Betty? Yeah, mm-hmm. she went. Uh, she was nominated for Best Actress. Eric von Stroheim, who in real life was a silent movie director mm-hmm. and, played and plays Max. Max, he was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Wow! And he was so dismissive of this movie because this movie was so controversial at the time. I mm-hmm. had no idea about that, but this would basically be. <laughs> It's really fucked up, too, because she is looked at as, like, this old has-been. She's mm-hmm. 50 years She's old. She's 50 years old. Jennifer Aniston is 50 years old, if we can put that in perspective. Cameron Diaz is 50 years old. Alyssa Milano is 50 years old. Yeah. That would be, like, because Cameron Diaz has retired mm-hmm. from acting, that would be, like, if this movie was remade today and starring Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And like, then like some 30 cent. Honestly, I think her her husband is closer to my age. Yeah. She's married to one of the lead singers of Good Charlotte, Benji Madden. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Cameron Diaz. I was Cameron like, Diaz. Gloria Swanson was married no, to no, a no. member. Of- no, I just mean that like 
Yeah. And that's, you know, people don't bat an eye right. about that sort of thing now. Yeah. William Holden was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Mm-hmm. This is what I really like about William Holden. There is a story about the first time he was saw his name on a marquee. He was driving through Hollywood with his buddy, and his buddy was like, oh, my God, look. You know, it says mm-hmm. William Holden. And he's like, yeah, that's not me. Like, his real name was Bill Beadle. Uh-huh. And He's like, no, nah, I'm Bill Beadle, and I, I want to keep William Holden separate from Bill Beadle. And he was like a one of the pioneering like wildlife conservationists mm-hmm. and like just a great guy. And completely unlike Norma Desmond, Gloria Swanson was an absolute delight, like super easy to work with, mm-hmm. was very much in the present, not about looking back mm-hmm. and like had a good sense of humor and everything. Cause they offered this to like Mae West and a lot of different silent film starlets. Mm-hmm. And they were all like very offended by it. Yeah. They were like, Oh, how dare you? Yeah. So she was like, Oh yeah, yeah I'll do it. I really love this movie a lot. It's very good. It's one of those movies that you think you have some idea of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You do not think he's going to end up with Norma Desmond. No, but, you also don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, even though they show you the ending at the beginning, you're like, how does it all lead up to this? And it's really, he's like, I'm just going to go home. And she was like, no, you're not. Yeah. Which is so sad. And I also like the way that he lets down Betty. So Betty is the, she's one of the readers at um Yeah, at the she's studio. a studio reader at she, Paramount. Yeah. And so that's how they meet is, you know, she's like, oh, you know, the script that you had me read, it it just wasn't very good, which surprised me because I am a fan of your work. Yeah. (laughs) And so she really gets in his craw, I think, a little bit. But then he just keeps running into her because she ends up dating his friend, one of his friends. Yeah, Artie Green. Artie Green. And I had no idea. He was played by Jack Webb. Jack Webb, like, who created Dragnet. And like created all these shows, but I just know him so much, you know, from like Dragnet, where he's just this kind of like no nonsense, yeah, cop. To see him play like kind of a loosey goosey, like a chill guy. assistant director yeah. was really neat. Like I think that's why I didn't recognize him. Mm, yeah, the so Betty is um, ends up dating his friend, so they keep kind of crossing paths, and it there's this build up, you know. Or eventually they start working together, writing a script. And, you know, she's like, I don't know if I want to marry Artie anymore because of you. Yeah. <laughs> and they kiss. And you think, uh, like, this, she's going to leave Artie and he's going to sell her something. I sort of felt like he was going to break her heart. But, like, by being a shit about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead he was like listen, I've been living this way and you you need to not waste your time thinking that you maybe missed something by yeah. being with me because you're not missing anything. Like, I'm not, I'm not who you think I am. And just shows her around and then he's like, I'm sorry, but, you know, good luck with Artie. And she just leaves and you're like, oh, like there's no... I mean, I guess it can be 
thought of a little bit as like a Casablanca ending because, you know, he doesn't end up with the girl. Yeah. But when that happens, I was like, that's it? That's what's going to happen with them? Yeah. It was such a biting commentary on Hollywood that it was really panned big time. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This people found this movie to be like disgraceful. <gasps> oh my goodness. And uh yeah, it, it it's kind of funny because like it's a classic. <laughs> it is a classic. But you know, like it's Cecil so B. DeMille is in it playing himself. Playing himself. That would be like if Steven Spielberg <laughs> was in a movie playing himself. And for more than just a cameo. It's right. like in a couple of scenes. Yep. And he's shooting the movie Samson and Delia, Delilah, mm-hmm. which Nancy Olsen was up for. Oh, really? But didn't get. So it's kind of funny that uh, that was in like. The movie you know, she was in. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that's so cool. Yeah. And he has a line like Cecil B. DeMille calls Norma Desmond young fellow. Mm-hmm. And. That was a pet name that he had for Gloria Swanson when he directed her before Mm -hmm. because it was just a term of endearment, you know, basically because he felt like she was tougher than any man he ever met. Oh, really? Yeah. And I love how much art imitates life Mm -hmm. in this. Like uh, Gloria Swanson had pretty much retired from show business or not from show business, but movies after the silent film era ended. Mm Mm-hmm. But she went on and kept doing plays and stuff like that. Like, she lived in New York. She had a fine career. Yeah. She just wasn't in movies. Right. She just wasn't in movies. So it there's so much stuff like that. Like, she has all of her friends, which are silent film stars. Isn't uh, one of them Buster Keaton? Yes. Like, all of them are old. Are actual, like, old silent film stars. Yeah, Buster Keaton is in this movie and has one line, pass. That's yeah, it. yeah. After um, after I saw that he was in it, I was like, I wonder if he was that guy or one of the guys that was over there playing bridge. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up on IMDb later, and I was like, Yeah, I'm like, Oh my god, I don't even think he says anything. He just sits there. It is really fun, like especially because Cecil B. DeMille is in it, like as himself, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like it bleeds into um real life. Yeah, in in a nice way that. I mean, I'm totally failing at thinking of anything else that's kind of like that. But but even like Eric von Stroheim directed Gloria Swanson mm-hmm. in silent movies. And then his character directed, directed Norma her. Desmond. It's just. And then he ends up directing her. In, at the, the end. At the oh, end. Oh, my yeah. God. It was so poetic because so the police are there and they're trying to get her to get in the squad car. And she's totally delusional at this point. She's like, Oh, I must be ready for my close up." And so uh, that famous line, I'm ready for my close up. Yeah. Uh, Mr. DeMille. That's backwards. It's like, all right, Mr. DeMille, DeMille, I'm I'm ready for my close up. Yeah. Yeah. The famous line. It's always misquoted. It's sort of like Luke. I am your father. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not the real line. It's like, um, Mandela effect. Yes. So, um, She's getting ready for this scene, um, for the movie that she wrote, that she's get, is totally delusional, thinking that that's what's being made. And there's all these people and reporters and, like, her friends are there. And they're all just watching her with her face. Her eyes are so wide. 
feet and just her lashes as she just descends a staircase and he's and Max directs it because all the movie can or all the TV cameras are there. He's like, "All right, let's just go with the ruse to get her in the squad car." And he's yeah. like, "All right, lights, camera, action." It's batshit, but it's so beautiful. Yeah, like to just see a star burn out like that right in front of your face. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so tragic. So tragic. It was so good, though. I mean, like it's a classic for a reason. Dear God, don't let anyone ever remake this movie. It's perfect as is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a line in it, too. You'll like this because it's true crime related. Mm-hmm. When Artie jokes and introduces Joe as the former Black Dahlia suspect, Uh huh. Jack Webb in real life was a suspect <gasps> in the Black Dahlia was murders, really? which had happened just prior to when this movie was made. So it's sort of like... That's so weird. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yep. So when we lived in LA... Oh. We lived down um, probably like four or five blocks away from this house that I always thought it looked like a Jurassic Park house. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll throw... um, Maybe I'll throw the picture I have of it that I took on the Instagram for this week when we do this movie. Okay. But so it's there's a picture that I took of this house and it looks like carved out of a side of a mountain or something like that. But it's just like it's just a house like on what was that? Is it it's not Franklin. Los, Franklin, just on Franklin, like not next to the mountain or anything like that. And um, I had taken a picture of it and posted it. And someone was like, oh, did you know that that's probably where the Black Dahlia was murdered? And I'm like, What? Apparently, that house was owned by some, like, Hollywood doctor, and allegedly, he was, like, a serial killer who would take, you know, his patients and, you know, assault them (laughs) while they were under, and that he actually killed some of them, and that one of them was Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. That wow. she was murdered in the basement of that house. Wow. And because he was all set up for surgery, that's why they never found, like, a ton of blood or, like, you know, all the stuff that was missing. Isn't that fucked up? That is so fucked up. Yeah. So we actually lived really close to where the Black Dahlia was likely murdered. I think the the guy's son <laughs> turned over a bunch of shit really? to the police. Yeah, after his dad died, he was, like, going through that basement. Do you think that will ever be solved? Um, or do you I think we're think, too far removed from it? I mean, we're well, like 80, almost 80 years removed from it. I think the problem is that I don't think there's any DNA left. Right. So any DNA evidence they may find now can't really be compared to anything because I believe it was either all used or there just, you know, wasn't the foresight to keep that kind of stuff then. So I don't think it will ever be like solved solved unless mm. they're able to tie it some other way yeah which is incredibly difficult considering how record keeping was then you know things aren't weren't so ironclad so i think it'll mm. probably be one of those things where they're like we're pretty sure it's this guy but it won't be a case closed kind of thing i've wondered too um i'm gonna tie this into a different true crime thing mm-hmm. uh norma desmond 
the way that Billy Wilder came up with her last name mm-hmm. is because the first big Hollywood scandal mm-hmm. was the murder of this director, William Desmond Taylor. <gasps> Wasn't he murdered in his driveway? He was murdered in his apartment. Okay, but, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. But it is also an unsolved murder. Yeah. And part of the reason for that is Hollywood was so powerful back then mm-hmm. that when his body was discovered, first they called the studio. <gasps> so the studio went in and people cleaned out what you know needed what to be might cleaned. have looked bad yeah then the cops were allowed Ooh. to go into the apartment like the cops waited for people from the studio to leave before they could go in and investigate the crime wow. scene so i've always kind of wondered based on that whether or not the black dahlia murderer might have been a powerful actor maybe that's yeah. an, that's entirely possible but i do think that the idea that it was someone with medical knowledge just because she was cut completely in half and like they noted that her wounds looked surgical, surgical yeah. in okay. nature. But I mean, who knows? Maybe it was someone who was affiliated with some powerful Hollywood people who could cover up for him, even, yeah. you know, to kind of keep things hidden. <sighs> That's crazy. Well, I know the other thing that was a big problem with like a lot of, I guess, murders or even any crimes, really, around that time period, the press were allowed to photograph the crime scenes. Okay. Like, in fact, most of the time, the crime scene photos were just taken by the press. Hmm. Um, So oftentimes, crime scenes evidence was completely contaminated because the press was tromping through. Yeah. So I think a lot of those, like, older murders, may n- we will probably never know for sure. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, because of all the the flaws of the time. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird to try to frame stuff from back then mm-hmm. not under today's lens. lens. Yeah. Like, I always felt unconditionally that, you know, the story I knew was that Fatty Arbuckle did not do the accidental murder slash rape. Yeah. But then you kind of wonder, I don't know how many powerful people get away with things. And he was like one of the biggest stars, but also, but then on the other hand, because the William Desmond Taylor thing was unsolved and Mm -hmm. that was putting a black mark on Hollywood, Mm -hmm. Hollywood did not go to bat for fatty arbuckle where mm-hmm. they were like yep someone has to take the fall and yeah you know so i i don't know <sighs> i don't know i still don't think fatty arbuckle did it yeah i i think the truth is somewhere in the middle i don't think he was the boy scout of his side of the story Mm-mm. but i don't think he he yeah. did it i think he was probably just drunk i'm no longer as sure that he didn't do it mm-hmm yeah. Well, I saw this movie a while ago <laughs> yeah. and had no idea what it was like in 1950, 51 when it came out. Mm-hmm. And to find out now that it was so controversial. Yeah. That that's so It would be like if It's surprising. If someone made a movie about Harvey Weinstein 5 years ago. You know. Yeah, people would have been like, "Oh my god, it's so salacious." But to this day, you know, people have kind of a idea of what they think Hollywood is and that it's glamorous and blah, blah, blah. And it's not. 
And yes, there is a lot of who you know bullshit. And there's also a lot of if people are trying to tell you that it's not a dream to live there, it's, you know, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of rejection. Like, listen. Yeah. Because it's uh, most of the time there's no rhyme or reason that anything happens. Adding to the grit after watching Limpet, I promise more <laughs> bestiality. And here is my <laughs> trivia about this one. Oh, God, it's nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. So Billy Wilder, when he was directing Gloria Swanson, and no one knows for sure if this was a joke or not, but I don't think it was, <laughs> told her, you know, when they were getting ready to shoot the monkey funeral, the chimp funeral. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, and don't forget, you were fucking the chimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Why? Why is because there is a rumor that a lot of these older Hollywood starlets and a lot of them that were kind of marriages of convenience set up by studios. So the male actors that were homosexual could stay closeted. Mm -hmm. There is a rumor that a lot of them would get chimps and train them or have them trained <laughs> to do oral sex. So, uh. You had a bunch of chimpanzees eating a bunch of uh, Hollywood starlets pusses. Oh, God, that's so nasty. It's so nasty to me. <laughs> so gross. What scares me is the fact that chimps, as soon as they hit puberty, get like super mean. Yeah, they Can get you really imagine aggressive. like a chimp like going. Nope. nope. And then all of a sudden just. Oh, you would be literally, literally eating out her. Yeah. Here's the thing. A chimpanzee can rip off your face. Like they'll rip off your vagina. They they don't stop at that. No, a they'll chimp eat you. Will rip off your face and your genitals. Rip off your genitals and rip off your hands too. Yeah. Like Dana Gould has a really Ugh. dark bit about a like chimpanzee massacre. Ugh. That oh, no. it's a really good bit, but man, it it's is not. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> No, like, chimps are very violent, like, when they hit puberty. Yeah. Or is it puberty or adolescence? I think it's puberty. Oh, it's so nasty. Yeah. I mean, it's nasty if you're trying to have a wild animal in your home, which you shouldn't. Let's be fair. How many cats do we have? Listen, they're not wild animals. They are domesticated bitches. And cats, by cats. nature, cannot be domesticated. Cats are feral creatures oh you know what though i was reading is that um cats are actually god's perfect killing machines but the problem is is that we keep picking them up and kissing them so oh okay because they're so little they only weigh like eight pounds to 25 pounds <laughs> dana gold also has a bit about the black dahlia murder oh interesting yeah maybe he's the black dahlia I, murderer i'm I kidding don't think so i don't think it's physically possible yeah because i don't think he's old enough i think the chimp bit and the black dahlia bit are both on his album i know it's wrong mm -hmm. that uh i recommend people listen to all right all right nope i'm sorry uh the chimp bit is on mr funny man either way check out his comedy he's very funny well i am so glad that you watched this and you enjoyed it it's too. so good like i feel like people you know, should definitely watch classic film. There's so much to be taken from it. I, I mean, I don't know why I didn't watch this. 
Probably just because there's so many amazing movies. I'm surprised it didn't pop up in one of your film classes. I am surprised too now that I'm thinking about it. Like that we never watched. That we never watched it. Because it's stunning. Like I know you said it won for best art direction. And like, yes. I think it's neat too that that Billy Wilder... I can't remember if he won for best director or was just nominated for best director, Mm -hmm. but his directing style was like super simplistic. Yeah. Like a lot of mid shots. Yeah. He always felt like if someone noticed that a shot was excellent, then that means the shot wasn't excellent Mm -hmm. because you were paying attention to it. Although I do have to say that the way that they shot Joe face down in the pool was pretty ingenious. That was pretty cool. But that's cool. the cinematographer. Yeah. They, what they did was they did tests to find out that the water had to be 40 degrees and they had a mirror on the bottom of the pool. Mm-hmm. So they shot the mirror up at William Holden, yeah. who had to be in 40 degree water. God, they always do that when they're filming water. Like, it always has to be really cold. Yeah. Oh, God. Because it, it will look cloudy. It will look and... cloudy. Yeah, it looks cloudy if it's too warm. Um, and I like, too, that a lot of people have done to this what people do to, like, Kubrick or David Lynch films, mm-hmm. where they try to put a lot of meaning, meaning in things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where Joe is running out of Norma's house and the watch gets caught on the door. Yes. And people are like, oh, that's that signifies how her gifts are holding him back as part of the. What? And yeah, but Billy Wilder is just like, I, I don't know. It happened in one take and I thought it was real. Yeah, looking. like it's a nice. Yeah. yeah it just like it like wasn't worked. planned. It wasn't in the script. No, it's just one of those like, oh, well, that's the take I like. Yeah. That's so funny. Like his. Green writing, like I, there's a uh, deleted intro to this movie, mm-hmm. and the script is available for that. I, I haven't read the entire screenplay for this movie, but I did read the screenplay for the alternate beginning, which uh-huh. was basically Joe going to the morgue, and he's in the morgue with like. 29 other dead bodies Mm -hmm. and all the dead people just start talking to each other oh okay you know but they're not like they're frozen completely so only their eyes are moving back and forth oh that's creepy yeah but they're kind of like talking about how they died and Mm -hmm. and he's it's a lot of the same narration that's already in the movie yeah but it's just delivered to other corpses but people laughed because all the dead bodies had toe tags. Uh-huh. And at the time, it wasn't common knowledge that, yes, dead people do get toe tags. Like, people thought it was funny. And it's like, no. Oh, my God. Like, no, that's Got news you... for you. <laughs> that is how you identify. Well, well, that's how you keep track of your dead bodies anyway. Yeah, you that's, know, they're yeah. naked on the you know, yeah, you don't and you don't to... want to attach it to the bag because yeah. what if the bags get mixed up and needs yeah. to be on the body? You don't get to keep your driver's license after you die. You don't. Yeah, which is weird. I'm kidding. <laughs> I really um, like too that Nancy Olson and William Holden kept working together, mm-hmm. and they became super super close friends. They were never a couple. But they had so much love and respect for each other. Oh, like Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Are they really friends in real life? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They've worked together a bunch of times. Yeah, they've been like besties ever since. Oh. Titanic. What else have they been in together? Revolutionary Road. Um, There was another one. I can't remember what it's called. I never knew that. Yeah. 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 They're like bestie besties. And Billy Wilder worked with them again, which. Oh, really? Like Billy Wilder is such an interesting director because he he kind of does what um what's the guy who did your um all the real girls movie david gordon green yeah david gordon green where he'll jump around to doing you know goofy comedies and then like super serious movies and stuff Mm -hmm. and you know billy wilder was the same way he was like yeah i want to make a war movie now and oh i want to do a comedy yeah you've seen some like it hot right no (gasps) See, there's a lot of movies that I need you to, like, introduce me to. Yeah, I feel like we should just, I should just start making you watch Billy Wilder movies. I mean, I'm actually fine with that. Yeah. I like to, and this is my final thought, at least from my point of view, and maybe I'm completely wrong, this is a pretty strong female, like, feminist movie. Um, it's... I mean, the person in charge is Norma Desmond. Yeah, I don't think it's a feminist movie. Okay. It focuses a lot on um, youth and beauty when it comes to her. Yeah, but it's a commentary on that. It is, but I don't think that that necessarily translates to it's a feminist movie. It's just saying, hey, this is how it is. I don't necessarily think it's a feminist movie. I do like how empowered Betty Schaefer is, though, because she pursues Joe yeah she pursues him and she's the one who like gets him writing something good again like she and she's like you know she's the one who's you know pitching the movie and 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 that sort of thing to try to sell the script even before it's written you know she's the one who's kind of like taking charge of like what's going on in her life Mm. she's not you know someone in need of rescue right so yeah i guess in that sense yes but as far as Norma Desmond's concerned, it, it is like confronting that stereotype of, you know, like a woman becomes less useful as she ages because her beauty fades. Like, and I think it's probably just more of a commentary on like Hollywood, but like how hysterical and dramatic she is. At least I interpreted that as. It's like it's an how, actor thing. It's a Hollywood Hollywood thing. will just dispose of people. Yes. But I, I guess I just don't love seeing um a hysterical woman all the time but this was also made in you know 1950 1951 so i'll excuse it yeah (laughs) you know what i mean yeah gloria swanson was so happy to have made this movie that she went on her own publicity tour afterwards Mm -hmm. and she kind of thought that this would be like her big breakout comeback and stuff uh, but she was only offered watered down Norma Desmond type roles. Oh, so boo. she was like, eh, fuck it. I don't need to do that. But she did end up teaming up again with Nancy Olsen in like Airport 75 or something mm-hmm. like that. Like in the 70s, they made a lot of like airplane disaster movies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Great. Like it was a genre on itself, sort of like yeah. Westerns. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for watching this mm-hmm. with me. Thank you for having me watch it. I really enjoyed it. I set the bar pretty high. 
So I can't wait to see what we watch next week. Oh, it won't be good. It must be. It won't be. Join us on our Instagram where Allison will post preview pictures so you can try to guess what crap she makes me watch next week. (laughs) Hurtful. You're the one saying it's going to be crap. Probably crap. Not Will. And join our Facebook group and let us know, aside from like the big ones, are there any Billy Wilder movies that we should definitely watch? Because mm-hmm. I Or any classic movies that are, you know, some of the big ones that you're supposed to see before you die. That's well, he your favorite. also did Double Indemnity, which we're going to have Brett Hayden on the podcast oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Brett's such a good guy. He got me that film noir book. I know. He's yeah. a sweet angel. The Michigan comedy scene is full of so many good people. Yeah. Like it's very frustrating for me right now with COVID on a new spike and everything where Yeah. I really and we have don't, to really be careful. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable going out at all and I miss these people tremendously. Yeah. I think I think they know. And I think they probably get it, you know, on some level, like, it's a little more complicated for yeah. us right now. Hey, I want to throw this out, too. Joy Road Media is now taking podcast advertisers. So if you are a Michigan filmmaker, we're trying to keep everything local. If you are a Michigan filmmaker and you want a pretty inexpensive way to promote your project, uh, drop us a line at contact at joyroadmedia.com. And I'll send you out the information of how we do our advertisements on the podcast. And speaking of the Michigan comedy scene, this is not a paid plug. Our very, very dear friend Jeff Sheen just came out with his debut comedy album called Jeff. And And it's so funny. Yeah. Jeff is in my top five favorite comedians of all time up there with like Norm MacDonald and Marin and Emo Phil. Like he's... Jackie he's so funny and he's someone that I was coming up with and uh, Mike fell, <laughs> fell in love with each other. And then when Mike was touring, he would bring Jeff with him because he just wanted to tour with someone who made him laugh. Yeah. And yeah, I remember one of the last big runs you did. I got to go with you guys and through Hoth. Through Hoth. Yeah, I think it was January or February, and we went up to the We went to UP, the UP. And then across Mm-mm. Wisconsin and Minnesota. Oh, my God. To Duluth, and then, oh. Yeah, just the frozen, the most frozen of all frozen tundras. We drove through it, and it was horrible, but we had so much fun. That fucking Scion made it. It sure fucking yeah. did. All right. Well, until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.